0: in Midwest history. This show will not shy away from the morbid details of these horrific events and the often ugly truths behind them. What you will hear is a detailed timeline of events, perspectives from those closely involved, and analysis by experts. What you will feel is the darkness that surrounds each story, the innocence lost by the victims, and hopefully, the justice that was ultimately delivered.
1: Don Palumbo. Jonah Lanto. Sounding pretty pretty good tonight for someone who's pushing through it i'm, I'm just you're pushing, I'm pushing, through, pushing it.
0: through it sucking back water i've had 34 cups of tea drank some emergency i think it's a, it's not an emergency anymore Now it's just i don't know i had a joke there but now my brain is really slow so i can't even do anything funny oh man well I'm thanks so sorry, for guys. nothing yeah Well, uh, thanks to everyone for being here with us this evening. Uh, We are so grateful for the support that we receive here in Williston. You guys are, every single time, absolutely amazing. And also a big thanks to River's Edge Bar and Grill. Uh, Big thanks to the team here. They're always lovely. And, of course, we greatly appreciate all of you listeners out there.
1: Yeah, thanks to thanks to Ashley for everything she oh, does, yeah. of course. Too Ashley and her team. And yeah. listen, the the ride, the drive here to Williston was a little crazy today.
0: This is listen. Never
1: say I. I just we don't normally do this, but there's there's something that happened today. So I witnessed. We witnessed. We witnessed. A Ford expedition come the greatest singular force of decimation to a flock of birds imaginable.
0: Like it was a bird slayer.
1: Okay. This. This guy, Bird Slayer, instant Mm -hmm. Bird Slayer. Mm -hmm. He's traveling 80 MPH in the left lane. Don and I are behind him like a little ways. And I don't know, right outside of Ross or one of these towns out on the way. I think it was Ross, yep. Yeah, there must have been, I don't know, 80 birds on the left side of the ditch in the median in between. In the middle
0: ditch, yep. And
1: they just decided to... Go up right in front of this expedition and it was like a punch of God went right through all these birds and they went bouncing off of the expedition it, everywhere. It, it, it I mean, there was a like massacre. Our, our I'm talking a like, dozen birds. Don and I were freaking out. Poor Don was, like was traumatized. I was like, yeah. oh my
0: God. I took my glasses up and I was like... What?
1: Did I, we really like just was, see that. I mean, yeah. and then when we drove by it, I mean, it was just splattered. Oh. All They were everywhere. It was crazy.
0: Like, we had to drive through Bird. Yes. And then, and we then. We eventually caught up to that well, guy. Yeah, like, we, we Gunder to like 88 to get there and, uh, turned to look. And sure as shit, there's a bird like stuck in his grill. Yes. Probably like this. It was. I, like, looking behind it, like, what? What just happened? Now, yeah, it was I,
1: wild. I know not everybody came here to hear about Bird Massacre, but listen, I've got thousands of road hours across Same. this country. So yeah. does, I have, I've, I've seen a single bird get n- nailed. I've, I've hit, I've hit, hit one myself. Yeah. I've seen other creatures get hit singularly,
0: but a freaking flock of birds
1: to get utterly decimated yeah. like that, never yeah. seen anything like it in my life. So... that was our memorable i wasn't sure if that was
0: an omen if we should turn around and go home like i was like oh dear like what what is the rest of the night gonna gonna hold or maybe that was the worst thing who knows
1: it was the most one of the most interesting it was it was definitely weird anyways so thanks for listening to our, our crazy story
0: clearly we're both very um excited about this story uh i wish you guys could have been there this
1: thing was wild it was crazy it made me feel like i should get one of those dash cams on my vehicle now's the time now's <laughs> the time i don't ever want to video miss video. something like that again <laughs> I I, that could be my entrance into tiktok right there
0: well then yes. you wonder like if bird slayer's ever done that before like has he ever has that guy I, ever ran through i don't think it was malicious birds. on
1: his part no you know, i don't he think, did the right no. thing yeah.
0: he did well uh, he did the only thing i mean yeah. this,
1: just keep going yeah
0: anyway all right jonah What are people saying about Midwest murder? (laughs)
1: Yeah, big big thanks to everybody who takes a minute out of their life to rate and review us on iTunes. We're certainly looking for more of those. If you've been to a live show, if you like Midwest murder and you haven't jumped on iTunes, it doesn't take long. You can say a couple of nice things, tell Don, you know, how much you also like cheese because it's like her favorite thing and then just drop a five star maybe we'll read about you up here or,
0: or just tell us your you know tell, if you don't think you can tell us bad things too. yes once if they're yes. true just tell if us they the truth. yeah so don't, this one don't great. make up mean shit please that's like that's <laughs> that's rude
1: yeah great show five stars from crazy spaniel mom i love this podcast my husband and i listen to it every time we travel can't wait to meet you in person keep up the good work Crazy Spaniel Mom, I don't know where you you you. are, but if if we've met you, hello again. And if we have yet to meet you, we're looking forward to it too. We're looking forward to you. This next one from Chantel406, maybe Chantal406. Exceptional, five stars. My absolute favorite true crime podcast. And I've listened to a ton of true crime podcasts. Don and Jonah provide a perfect balance of expertise, humor, and most importantly, victim empathy. They are very easy to listen to. I feel like I know them both personally just from being a listener. P.S. Dawn, when you said they needed a bug detector, my mind 100% went to a bug zapper too. I laughed so hard.
0: Perhaps one of my most embarrassing moments on this podcast is when the bug detector Uh, You know, it is a true crime podcast, not, you know, about entomology or anything like that. Uh, You know, the study of bugs. Um, Yeah, the bugs actually looking for listening devices. I, for whatever reason, during a live show, we were in Sioux Falls. I thought for sure that they were talking about a bug zapper and they were
1: not. The research said a bug detector, an old Don Palumbo, thought they were trying to zap mosquitoes. And she's like, eh these guys are these guys are drug dealers putting together a hit what do they need that for yeah so anyways Uh, not
0: my finest moment yeah not not at all yeah anyway um (laughs) but thank you for that i appreciate the fact that there's somebody else out there that thought they were talking about a bug zapper as well what the hell they
1: need that for
0: i know i was wondering (laughs) i didn't know also, a big thank you to Sarah Schroeder of REMAX and Realty for sponsoring this episode of Midwest Murder. If you need to buy or sell residential, commercial property, or land, then you need Sarah Schroeder, a Williston native with more than a decade of, decade of experience in the real estate industry. As a managing broker of Williston and Watford City REMAX and Realty, she has a passion for helping people in their real estate journey. Contact Sarah today, 701-570-6434. Big thank you to Sarah.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Sarah Schroeder.
0: The year was 1990. The Hubble Space Telescope was launched, making it the first space telescope put into orbit that would make it possible to be repaired by astronauts when needed. The most complete skeleton of a T-Rex was found near Faith, South Dakota by paleontologist Sue Hendrickson. They named the T-Rex Sue. And I find it weird that... If it's the most complete T-Rex that they found, how how are reports coming out that they look absolutely nothing like the the way like the way that we imagine T-Rex to be and the way that they their their bones are, why do they now all of a sudden have wings?
1: Do not ask me to explain okay. their calculated guesswork.
0: Okay, I'm confused and terrified all in one. Both. Yes. Nelson Mandela was released from prison in South Africa after being imprisoned for 27 years. Saddam Hussein began the invasion of Kuwait, which also began the operation Desert Shield. The U.S. entered a major recession, to which I say, yeah, what else is new? And Microsoft released Windows, wait for it, 3.0. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where are we at now?
0: 11?
1: Um, I, I I'm, I'm sorry 12? to put you on the spot like that. Yeah. Uh, 11 or
0: 12, okay. I think, yeah, for sure. But it's been, it's been a lot. And then plus we had an XP in there. Been a ride, and we yeah, had it, yeah. A couple
1: like ME mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. That one that was going to save you from the year becoming two thousand,
0: right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. The Tower of Pisa leaned a little too far and was closed to the public until the early two thousands. The Supreme Court ruled that it was a crime that it was a crime to possess or look at child pornography, even in one's home. This was nineteen
1: ninety. Wait a second. Are you telling me prior to this moment that? There were places where you could just look at...
0: It was supposedly debatable. Oh. mm mm-hmm. And also... F? Also, child pornography is now called um, CSAM, uh, C-S-A-M, Child Sex Abuse Material, because pornography is something that a consenting adult takes part in. So that's why it's no longer called child pornography.
1: That's actually a really good mm-hmm. shout-out, and I think that's a much better way to describe it. Yeah, yeah.
0: The Americans with Disabilities Act was signed by George H.W. Bush. And The Simpsons in Beverly Hills, 90210, aired for the first time. So, oh, Luke Perry. Every chance I get to call him out, I will. May he rest in peace. And as did In Living Color. That was one of my favorites. Do you ever watch that? Do you ever watch In Living I, Color? I
1: do recall In Living Color, but what, what just blows me away about this is uh, obviously The Simpsons here, 23 years later, mm-hmm. still... Active and running,
0: and still, uh, and still pretty amazing, and still predicting,
1: and still predicting, the, yeah, responsible yeah. for yeah. predicting the future as well. Yeah.
0: I was going to do my Stewart impression or Stuart's mom impression from a Living Color*, but
1: wasn't that Mad TV? That was Mad Stuart TV. Stewart was Mad TV. That was Mad TV? Yep. Wow. So I'm glad. I'm glad I well, spared I'm glad you I didn't. from that.
0: I'm glad I... Thank you for saving me that embarrassment.
1: Everybody understands your intent now, though, so it's almost as embarrassing. It's still embarrassing. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, Popular films of the year were Home Alone, Ghost, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Edward Scissorhands, Pretty Woman, my personal favorite. If you'd like to hear me recite it from the top right now, I would. um, Without a script, by the way. Uh, And to everyone's chagrin, The Godfather Part 3. That one should have never been released, but it was. In Super Bowl XXIV, Joe Montana and the 49ers squared off against John Elway and the Broncos, beating them 55-10. to Apparently, the 49ers or the uh, Broncos didn't get off the bus. Um, the first women's World Ice Hockey Tournament was held in Ottawa. The Edmonton Oilers beat the Boston Bruins 4-1 in the Stanley Cup Series, winning their fifth cup in seven years, thanks to the great one, I'm sure, Wayne Gretzky. And the Cincinnati Reds beat the Oakland A's in the World Series.
1: 1990
0: 1990 also one thing i'd left out of here but um pete rose was you know from the cincinnati reds of course of course you know he was a big part of 1990 as well that's when he was sentenced was, for tax evasion that's when he was like oh, so i left him out but
1: you should not have left him out well that was, that's kind of a big moment
0: i mean i was going through i went through a lot of you know timeline stuff but turns out i talked about him anyway so i could have just put him in here
1: he cheated his way in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and then they won the world series So today we go to Joplin, Missouri. Joplin, Missouri is the joining point of the historic Route 66, where interstates collide, and it's a place where the past unites with the future. And it's just under two hours from Branson, Missouri, and a little over four hours from or to St. Louis. And in 1990, it wasn't that different. Perhaps it was a little more like the simpler times that certain people are able to claim. But people still graduated high school, went to work, got married, had kids, got divorced. And for 24-year-old Diana Kelly, that's the path that she'd gone down in life as well. Diana graduated from high school in 1984 and married her husband just a few months later, had her son, Jeremy, all while pursuing a career as a hairstylist. Okay. Diana's relationship with her husband, Doyle, was like any other relationship, just it started out great. And then was well past its honeymoon phase, and according to her mom, she began to fear him. So she took her son, Jeremy, and left after just a couple of years. A short two weeks later, on September 25th, she met a friend, Deborah Stout, at about 5 p.m. After Diana met her friend, Deborah, she was supposed to meet Doyle at 9 p.m. so that they could talk. Sadly, Diana never arrived to meet Doyle, and Diana never went back to pick up Jeremy, her son, that was at her mom's house because that's also where she was staying. And this behavior could not have been more out of the ordinary for Diana. She was very punctual. Jeremy was her life. Um just so out of character for her.
1: And can I ask how long was she separated from dude that this is occurring? 2 weeks. Just 2 weeks. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: She separated,
1: so they lasted a good from eighty four. They lasted five six years yes. up to the nice nineteen ninety, and then she's like, "No, I'm done with this guy."
0: Right, and then two weeks later, so two weeks from the time that she separated, that's when she went missing. So Doyle called Diana's mom's house twice that same night, and wondering if she had heard or wonder, wondering if she had heard from Diana, and she had not. Because this was so out of the ordinary for Diana, Doyle grew increasingly concerned and ended up filing a missing, uh, missing persons report later, um, later that morning of September 26th. And sadly, the missing persons report would be resolved sooner than anyone would have thought, because later that morning, an employee for a Joplin paint store arrived at work and found an unfamiliar car in the parking lot, which seemed a bit out of the ordinary. When he approached the door, he noticed there was a woman laying back in the passenger seat. So he tapped on the window. She didn't move. He repeatedly knocked on the window, still no response from her, and then opened the door and realized right away that something was not right. He reached into the car to feel if there was a pulse on her young woman, but he didn't find one. And even worse, the body was cold. Mm. First responders and detectives descended upon the car and surrounding area looking for anything that may give some clues. She had a trickle of blood under her nose and some on her hand as if she'd possibly wiped it away. In the purse next to her, detectives found identification belonging to Diana Kelly. And there were many preliminary theories of what could have happened. It was it drug use? Was it like an overdose? Was it suicide? Was it something darker? Was it something natural? They really had absolutely no idea.
1: And And this, yeah, this is, of course, sleepy town, does not have (laughs) occurrences like this. Joplin is very tiny, so...
0: Right. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's not a, it's not something, it's not a common occurrence by any means. I mean, Branson is what, an hour away? That's where the Oak Ridge Boys play now. Like that's you know they take bus trips down there like older people take bus trips to go visit like that's the elderly vegas if you will right
1: so which is why her vehicle stood out so
0: yeah it's just so it's a much smaller in the, in community as well. yeah yeah it's just it's it's a smaller community the autopsy would show several small hemorrhages on diana's face back and neck the pathologist settled on respiratory failure being the cause of death But the manner of death would ultimately be listed as undetermined. When the toxicology report came back to investigators, all that was in her system was aspirin and marijuana, which in 1990, I'm sure it was just, oh my gosh, she smoked pot. That is the devil's lettuce. Can you believe it? Um, But no drugs that could have been lethal.
1: So when when they're looking at that, when they say it's listed as undetermined, does that that does not say there isn't foul play but it's not saying there is
0: it is saying that we don't know what happened yeah they could they they weren't able to find any evidence of strangulation of foul play of anything
1: okay because yeah when when they list the death as respiratory failure that is Almost like natural causes.
0: But how many things, yeah, how many things could have caused that? An overdose could have caused that. And
1: if the toxicology comes back and it's just aspirin and marijuana, then you you know that these things haven't caused it. So maybe even initial feeling here of not feeling like somebody murdered this girl.
0: Well, at this point they thought maybe you know, and and according to, to Diana's family, she was moving forward with her, with her life. She was happy. She had just rented a new apartment and was looking forward to kind of her new freedom. It was something that she had not experienced for, well, at all in her adulthood since she'd been married to Doyle. And so, but...
1: And the the, but the, the divorce of Doyle is official here.
0: It is not yeah. official. It's only been two weeks. Okay. Still. So the, two weeks since they separated. So they police questioned maybe whether or not she would have been you know was she maybe more depressed than she let on, could it have been suicide They were really leaning towards that suicide for a while, and you know there was just no there was just no way that the the feeling or the family thought that that could be and Doyle, of course, her estranged husband said that even though they were going through a divorce they they still remained friendly,
1: yeah, of course he's the one who ended up calling her right calling her in. yeah,
0: yeah. So during the time that Diana and Doyle had separated just a couple of weeks, she had started talking to someone. So, you know, my guess is she was ready to be done a lot longer than she led on to, to Doyle for sure. And let's just say her new friend, Richard, should seek some therapy. Oh boy. We'll just, we'll just go with that. Um, he was a bit obsessed with Diana, but in reality, their relationship was nothing more than a casual acquaintance. Richard thought the two of them had a future together, thought they were going to spend the rest of their lives together, and had even started ring shopping. So his behavior had begun to cross a line.
1: Richard's taken some leaps here.
0: Well, I think so, yeah. And he he was starting to actually bother Diana. He was buying her gifts, sending her letters. And when Diana's friends told investigators about the gifts... And and just kind of his behavior in general. One of the gifts in particular caught their attention because Richard brought or bought Diana a Saint Christopher metal necklace that he required her to wear at all times, especially when she was with him. So, so the, it was more of like a possessive thing than uh, than anything. So clearly, weird. clearly,
1: it wasn't meant to be a protective amulet. He, she's with, she's <laughs> with. the nerdiest him. thing
0: you've ever said in your life, then? Yeah. She's, she's
1: with him in spite of all this weirdness. She is not with him. Not with they're, him at all.
0: No, I, no, they're, but they're, they're, it, He required
1: her to wear the necklace when they were together. So like she's kind of with they're him. They're friends. They're just friends. It's, they're
0: just friends. It's more of a casual acquaintance. They are
1: just friends, but they hang out sometimes
0: sometimes, and I think in it was more like out socially
1: of, at work or it
0: was more it was socially bowling? but it was it was more i don't know what they I don't know if yeah. they bowled I mean, I imagine they did it was the early nineties, and there were a lot of bowling headlines in the nineties, but you know, I think maybe she's he scared her a little bit, but they were friends, and it was you know not at that point, it was only two weeks and not quite harmful, right, but kind of bordering that, you know, plus when. I think when someone is leaving an abusive relationship, they tend to go what's fa- or go to something familiar, or can can go to something familiar and maybe not abusive, but
1: yeah, I was, gonna, I, was go, I was about to ask not not if, if Diana had been in uh, an abusive relationship with Doyle.
0: So the night before, um, when Diana had met with her friend Deborah, Deborah remembered seeing the necklace, but police said there was no way that that necklace was on her or in her vehicle when the, her body was found. So this is like that missing key. So the the, the police are like, well... That's did a he, clue. That's a big-time clue. Yep. So detectives interviewed Richard, and he was... Um, well, at first he all but blew off their relationship. Was like, yeah, it's no big deal. We had some casual sex, and then it was more of a friendship afterwards. And then he completely <laughs> shifted. Basically, he told them that he would not be able to go on without her and thought he may die by suicide so that he can be with her.
1: Oh, okay. That's a that's so obviously, very different narratives. Obviously, there Richard. are some mental
0: health issues, right? Definite mental health that's issues. That's a flip-flop here. right here. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, his alibi mostly checked out, except for a small window of time, about 20 minutes, that he wasn't able to account for. While they were suspicious of him and thought of him as a suspect, they weren't able to link him directly.
1: One of those this guy's creepy, but damn it, he's got right. a, he's got an alibi.
0: Creepy isn't illegal.
1: No, it's not.
0: Yeah. So Richard Maybe agreed. Maybe we
1: should revisit that.
0: <laughs> Richard agreed to take a polygraph test. Absolutely no indication of deception whatsoever. Wow.
1: And as as we know, polygraph test is gospel at this point.
0: Well, in 1990, heck yeah, it was. Yeah, like, that was that was for sure. Um yeah. Th- I mean, there was the only thing Richard's guilty of is just being a little creepy and a little weird.
1: Stage 10 clinger?
0: Y- yeah. Yeah. Definitely double the stage five, for yeah, sure. Double. Yeah. yeah. So detectives wanted to take a, a, a deeper look into Doyle Kelly, and especially after Diana's father told them that Doyle and Diana had had an argument the day before her body was found. Oh. And according to friends, Doyle was possessive and controlling if I may suspect, probably abusive.
1: Okay. So the truth starts to Mm -hmm. peel itself here with with old Doyle. I was wondering when they'd give him a look, I guess if this other pseudo-boyfriend, okay, it makes sense. Especially with the
0: necklace missing and all that. Yeah, all this weird
1: shit stacking up against him, but that doesn't work out, then yeah, Doyle's next in line.
0: Well, at that point, um, they weren't able to link Doyle to anything more than being a shitty husband but a good co-parent. And then sadly, the case went cold. For Diana. That's it. That's it for Diana.
1: No forensics in this vehicle relevant at that time. Nothing relevant. Of course, we're we're a little bit pre-DNA. Yep. On April 25th,
0: 1993, a woman claiming to have her sister's child called the Joplin Police Department concerned that her sister hadn't come to pick her up yet, which was very out of character for her as well. Officers went to the residence for a welfare check, and when officers knocked on the door, there was no response. So they ended up forcing their way into the apartment, which is interesting to note since there didn't appear to be any sign of damage on the door prior to them arriving.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, an astute observation. Thank you.
0: As they made their way through the apartment, the officers peered through the bathroom door that was slightly cracked at this point. In the bathtub full of blood-tinted water, was a woman who appeared to be deceased, face down, knees on the tub, feet in the air.
1: That is chilling.
0: It was clear that there had been foul play, and she had been in the water for quite a while, probably a few hours, given the wrinkles on her skin. As detectives were processing the scene, they realized that the person found dead in the bathtub was Christy Kelly. She was married to none other than Doyle Kelly, who was either the unluckiest son of a bitch in joplin or there was a bit more than meets the eye
1: oh it's it's definitely the latter
0: i feel like luck doesn't play a part here right doyle <sighs> doyle it's just it's easy to just say his name with disdain it's like it, doyle it
1: really is yeah like,
0: doyle sucks Right? It's like on Billy Madison when... It, the O'Doyle rules. O'Doyles Doyle are kind Doyle of... Villains. rules.
1: So I o- hear Doyle, yeah. I'm immediately pushing Thank a negative you. association Me on too. him. Me too.
0: I know. And I'm like, O'Doyle, I have a feeling your whole family's going down. But for I, now, I've got to study. I, yeah, I, always,
1: I, I always try to wait until yep. the story unfolds before I, know. I, I jump on that, but...
0: But just the fact that his name is Doyle. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I got another story about Doyle, but for another time. Anyway, um, so... Christie's autopsy showed a deep laceration on her forehead caused by blunt force trauma, vomit in her nose and mouth, and edema in her lungs, which would indicate she had been held underwater. Oh. The cause of death was listed as homicide by drowning. Christy and Doyle met shortly after Diana's death, and at first, again, like most couples, they seemed to be a good fit. The pair, was, the pair were married in 1991, and according to friends, he seemed like a doting... Caring husband who did absolutely everything for Christy.
1: and people for sure like most couples. Are like, oh yeah, these guys are going to be great oh, together.
0: Yeah. And they're I said most going to It's going to
1: be so yeah. good for them. Like most couples, like most predictions for most couples. Yeah.
0: And then Ain't nobody <laughs>
1: predicting all that most of the time. I'm going to tell you.
0: And then his doting and caring and doing absolutely every task for Christy became a control tactic. After a while, she wasn't able to do anything for herself because he controlled her every move. According to one of Christie's friends, he controlled the clothes she wore, how she spent her time, and how he even made her cut her hair the same way as his first wife Diana's.
1: Oh. did that is That is spooky. I wonder if she knew... Hey, I want you to get your hair cut like my deceased wife. The, the ex wife. The
0: two the two Dad. pictures of them are chilling. Oh. You know, to look at them side by side. Yeah. So Christie grew tired of this behavior and by nineteen ninety three and, and abuse, frankly, and by nineteen ninety three she moved out. She found found an apartment for her and her daughter, and shortly after she started dating her landlord Mike. She didn't talk about him to her friends, so they really didn't know much, just that she was dating this guy named Mike.
1: Her daughter, not Doyle's kid. Right. Okay. It's her daughter.
0: Yep. I'd also like to point out that Mike is the landlord. So Mike wouldn't force his way into the apartment. Mike would have a key, right? Or he yes. would know her. Therefore, police were uh, quick to to chat with him. Okay. But Mike's alibi seemed to check out and was pretty rock solid um, because he was out of town. But he continued to cooperate with authorities. He told detectives that Christie opened up about her relationship with Doyle and uh, to him. And Doyle, at one point during their separation, had threatened to die by suicide if she didn't take him back. And he also showed up. did he use
1: that? He used that tactic sim- previously.
0: No, that was my. Uh, that was that was Richard. Oh, wait, that was Richard. That was Richard telling okay. the detectives. Mm hmm. He, Doyle, showed up at Mike's house one time, unannounced and very unwelcome, attempting to kick in his door. So a little bit of a loose cannon, clearly. Doyle said that he hadn't seen Christie the day that she was killed, but he did admit to seeing her the day before to exchange property. On the day of the murder, he said he was at a pig roast. A mistake that he made there was that he used the friend of Christie's that he didn't approve of. So it was her pig roast and he shows up and she's like, what the hell are you doing here? We're not friends, but it was still an alibi. So he said that he he
1: did for sure show up there.
0: He, he for sure showed up there. Yep. So at this point there was no doubt that Doyle was responsible for Christie's murder and likely for Diana's, but they had to put the connection together. Detectives canvassed the neighborhood, and more than one witness was able to identify Doyle and his vehicle the afternoon that Christie was murdered, but that wasn't enough to arrest him for Christie's murder.
1: Oh, I feel like that's enough to get him for the suspicion now if you can place him in or around the scene.
0: But not inside. Yeah. Just outside. So the chief of police, who had been at the job in in Joplin for about six months, wanted to go over both Christie's and Diana's files to see if there was any there were any connections that had been missed during the initial ve- investigation of either case. You know, Christie's within the last, you know, few weeks, few months, and Diana's from years before. And as the chief was reviewing Diana's case, the St. Christopher medal caught his attention. Her friend Deborah, remember the one that she'd visited with the night before her murder— told investigators that she was at Doyle and Diana's home a couple of days after Diana was found, and she saw him with a hammer and a necklace in his hand. And then he beat the shit out of the necklace, tried to pulverize it.
1: Right there in mm-hmm. front of, okay. In front
0: of her friend. So detectives asked Doyle about the necklace, and he told them that the funeral home employees gave, him, gave it to him along with Diana's other personal effects. Interestingly enough, his mother, or her mother, was also a- along with Doyle when her when her personal effects were given to him, and there was no necklace in there. She didn't. There was no. She also said there was absolutely no necklace in there whatsoever. So detectives looked at the inventory list of personal effects from the funeral home, and it was not there. Nor was it on the list of inventory from the scene. So that necklace mm. was straight up missing. So, this is the one lie that they needed to catch Doyle in to be able to connect the two murders, because he's lying about both. He's lied about Diana's. He's now lied about Christie's. They had enough to go on, except there was just one problem. Diana's autopsy still showed the cause of death as undetermined. And, of course, you can't.
1: That's a big deal. It's, it's pretty hard it's to big, get murder
0: charges. It is. Un- it's, a, it's hard
1: to change that when the when the coroner... That's why I asked in the beginning if there was any suggestion that it could have been foul play. And, no, it's just undetermined and respiratory failure very close to, quote-unquote, natural causes. hmm
0: Yep. So, unfortunately, or fortunately, the decision was made to exhume Diana's body. But they had absolutely no idea what they would find. In order to exhume her body, because it had been a couple of years at this point, right? In order to exhume her body, they would need permission of either Doyle, who was still legally her husband, or her immediate family. Even though Doyle threatened to take Diana's son away from her family, the fam- the, the family said, yes, let's exhume her body.
1: So I want to be clear here, there's still several years after her death still Mm -hmm. legally married Mm -hmm. and he is in custody of his son Mm -hmm. it's not the family who has custody but he's threatening to i'm not you're not going to be able to see your grandchild your nephew wow so it's just so weird they could still be married after the fact like that that paperwork hold up for me is what the hell
0: well it's there's they're not divorced
1: they they weren't divorced right but you can't just be married forever because your partner died
0: well you're deceased you're widowed or you're not deceased he's widowed so
1: it's just a matter if he didn't go and file some paperwork with the government so he's still legally married after after she's deceased
0: you don't file paperwork after oh i think you just declared as widowed
1: okay and that makes you in charge
0: well, you're. I've still, never been through it. It's just
1: crazy to me that he would have any say in what's happening to her corpse. Well, you're still. Yeah.
0: You're still her next of kin.
1: Oh, okay. Or he.
0: I is guess still you're her not suspected
1: for her murder yet, right? So. Yeah. Okay.
0: I mean, you know, Diana can't certainly can't file no, for divorce. No, no,
1: no. But this you know, guy, he's such a creep. I just figured you don't get a choice. It's the family. But technically, he was her husband at that time. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. I'm glad we talked that through. Um...
1: I my my brain needed that I had mm-hmm,
0: to. Mm-hmm. I will I will say it. Hang on, I'll explain. I'll explain my thoughts after I get through this because this is important. So the family, the her immediate family said, "We're going to move forward. We're going we're to take that chance. We're we're going to exhume her body because we need we need answers." But Doyle, who is still legally her next of kin, and his attorney filed a motion to stop the exhumation. Because it went against everything that Doyle believed in religiously and that Diana deserved to be
1: at rest oh, he's full of shit
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's where it bothered me. I was like, hold up a second like you've got you have the you have her family saying yes, but there are those cases that get they get wonky, right? They get really, really wacky where whatever, but um her brother described. Doyle as citing citing religious reasons. The only reason why he'd ever be in a church is if he were going to steal something from it. <laughs> so I don't think Doyle was a spiritual man by any means whatsoever. Yeah. But this went all the way to the state Supreme Court where three months later it was eventually decided that the Joplin Police Department would be able to proceed with with the exhumation of Diana Kelly.
1: Wow, and that's that's a really quick run through to get it there in three months too. So good, I, yeah. good on them.
0: Yeah, I think they were like they were really pushing for it. Of they course, had, this, a, case,
1: a case matters on this. Let's figure it well, out.
0: Well, and what if he were married? What if he married somebody else?
1: This guy could be you
0: know he could he could a major kill else. Dangerous, mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: So he's still scot free right now at right this now, point.
0: Yeah, but I mean there are red flags everywhere for this guy. This guy is this guy sucks. I know, it's just yeah.
1: red flags all over the place. This guy's probably killed two people. We gotta let him hang out a little while longer because there's some paperwork we need to get in order to get the prosecution, get the arrest.
0: Yeah. So nearly three years after Diana was buried, on August twenty-fifth, nineteen ninety-three, Diana's body was exhumed when they took her casket, her or the cement or the, the concrete, you know, place holder. In the ground. You know what I mean? Vault. Yeah, thank vault. you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That word was very hard to remember. When they took the vault and her casket out of the ground, the vault was full of water. Like probably, and I shouldn't say full of water, but I would say a good halfway up, a third of the way up, halfway up. So there was, I mean, I think everybody's breath held in that room, as they went to open up her casket to see where the water had started to seep in, if her body was still in good enough shape to do another autopsy, somehow the water had just started to seep into the very, very bottom of the casket. So a different pathologist conducted autopsies on both Diana and Christy. They were able to move forward. Diana's autopsy: her hyoid bone had been pulled apart, and a bruise was discovered on the back of her esophagus. Her death was caused by soft ligature strangulation, probably from a towel, a blanket. And her cause of death was changed to homicide by strangulation. So, in strangulation, you know, when when you strangle someone, that's a a, a giveaway if if, that they've been strangled because their hyoid bone, like in their throat. Has been broken, or in in this case, it was a soft ligature, so strangulation p- okay. pulled it apart instead of breaking, or you know, breaking it.
1: Yeah, and I, I had to Google what's mm-hmm. the hyoid, hyoid bone right away. Mm-hmm. It's right there, kind of yep. in that upper, right on your neck where your neckline meets your mm-hmm. jaw by your mandible and stuff. Okay,
0: in in Christie's autopsy, uh, there were multiple multiple bruises found on her body that were caused by blunt impact. Uh, which would have been inconsistent with a bathtub fall because, you know, that was one of the concerns is that maybe she fell in the bathtub. The pathologist confirmed that her cause of death was drowning. There was absolutely no way it was a bathtub fall.
1: Not not drowning as in she fell, knocked right. herself unconscious, and then drowned in the bathtub like this is freaking final destination or something. Right. right, No, drowning as in, no, it's yeah. she was very probably likely held the, under...
0: The laceration that was on her forehead was blunt force trauma. Yeah. So in September of 1993, Doyle Kelly was brought in for questioning and arrested for murder. So the, the detective that had been on both cases, they went to the work site that he was at. He was in construction. And the, the one detective basically demanded that he get off of the, the backhoe that he was working on. And he kind of had a look on his face like, well, shit. Here we go. And he just went in without incident because he think you know they they think they speculated that he knew
1: he knew it was coming. it was yeah, if it yeah, he couldn't that, that, you know
0: he couldn't stop the exhumation anymore.
1: yeah, he so, had delayed everything he could mm-hmm. as much as he could,
0: yeah. so when he was brought in for questioning, uh, he simply told the investigators that they have the wrong guy and then asked for a lawyer. um, and it was decided that the murders would be tried together. So as they're moving forward with, in you know the the getting their case together, uh, and while Doyle was awaiting his trial, the prosecuting attorney's office received a phone call from Lonnie Bell, also an inmate in the Jasper County Jail.
1: Oh boy! And we here know we go. How it's this like, goes.
0: Yeah, it's like well, of course, here's another jailhouse confession.
1: If it ain't um, jailhouse Jesus, it's, it's a, a jailhouse confession.
0: Exactly. They were housed in a similar area. Sim- similar area of the jail for a few days in june 1994 he claimed that doyle told him he strangled both of his wives where they realized it wasn't your average jailhouse confession doyle told lonnie that he used a towel when he strangled diana
1: he shared a detail not available to the public and of that was course. information
0: that was still new <sighs> to only law enforcement yeah so they took it seriously.
1: I, I never, these guys are always so eager to tell someone else they killed someone. It's because so the, weird how so much m- they trust, they trust a prisoner.
0: Well, I think some of these, some of these individuals are so frickin' narcissistic that they don't think they'll be caught. There's no way they won't get off. They think they'll charm the jury, they'll charm the attorney, they'll do whatever. And there's just no way that they'll, that they'll be found guilty.
1: Yeah, it's difficult to wrap your head around how how blinded by his own narcissism mm-hmm. he is mm-hmm. to the obvious truth of where everything... Yeah, he kind of knew it was coming against him, but his nonchalance suggests that he still felt like he was going right. to get away with it or had a chance. And yep. then you, you, you get behind bars and share intimate details. The towel, that's mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. smart by that second pathologist to, to, suss to even that say out. it like it was, a, yes. it was a
0: soft strangulation a towel or a blanket and then bingo that was what they used that's what what he used so the prosecution laid out an absolutely beautiful case they showed the evidence of the domestic violence and the abuse of both marriages the necklace and then the absence of it but then the exhumation and the answers that diana shared from beyond the grave without that exhumation they would have never been able to to have the case that they did. There's no way.
1: Yeah, really, the importance of that exhumation brought forth their case in a a massive way. And he no wonder he fought it. He Mm -hmm. knew the truth would come out from that. So Jonah,
0: in Midwest murder history, for the years that we have been doing this, we've been researching these cases, how often do you think it's a good idea for a defendant in a murder trial to take the stand in his own defense?
1: Oh boy, uh, you know we're, it probably works about as good as the cologne sex panther.
0: Right. Yeah. According to the detective in court, the jury was visibly uncomfortable with his presence.
1: That is Shifting so gross in their it gives me the willies.
0: Yeah, he denied everything. Of course, said still held his story true that the funeral home gave him the necklace, that it was part of the effects. So they just missed it, and they were just uncomfortable.
1: Now I know you, you say the prosecution laid out a beautiful case, but forensically we've got no murder weapons, fingerprints, like DNA. That there are some of these sort of forensic things. Well,
0: that DNA, per- DNA was like wasn't a, here,
1: was It wasn't it here. Wasn't blood even, matching a blood type, or they oftentimes they match blood ugh, on the scene and things dare like I that.
0: Secreter versus right. non-secreter. Yeah. So
1: just ugh. just understanding forensically, some of these pieces are missing. What they're building is the history of violence, the timeline, and it, his ability it, to do the murder.
0: It's more right. It's it's more um, circumstantial than it is forensic.
1: I mean it's it's dialed in for yeah. sure. They've yep, got absolutely. they've got a dialed in case. But yeah. Yep,
0: I, yep. But that's the, you know, you see Yeah,
1: they don't have like a towel with blood on it or something right, anything weird right. like that. Yep, yeah. Yep.
0: So, uh, on October 28th, 1994, the jury found him guilty on both counts of murder. He was sentenced to life in prison for both counts. But sadly, in nineteen ninety eight the conviction his conviction for Christie's murder was overturned on a hearsay technicality.
1: Holy shit, really?
0: He is still serving time for Diana's murder,
1: but he got but away with one of them
0: but they they chose not to try him again for Christie's murder.
1: oh, and that is. Of course his the second victim,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what dare I ask was the hearsay technicality i, I we we have yet to encounter this I'm...
0: so the hearsay technicality is about forty four pages long. The court did agree with him, and it is it came down to the hearsay over the fear Christie had for him it came down to you know this person heard this and testified to this so it's it's a bit convoluted to to kind of go into it but it was it was all in all without going into the, like you know into the dirty dirty details it was hearsay that it was word for word here using hearsay testimony under the state of mind exception to prove motive so saying that the hearsay wasn't able to prove motive so that's what his attorney said. That's what his appeal or his appeal attorney said, and the uh, appellate court agreed that it wasn't good enough to prove wow. motive.
1: So perhaps these are like witnesses who heard he mm-hmm. treated Christie like shit, but had never seen anything, and yeah. or and, that and, she was
0: afraid of him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: Christy told me one time she was afraid of him, mm-hmm. yeah. and none of that was able to establish motive. And in this case, now motive, of course, we know not required to get a guilty conviction. They they put that you don't have to prove there was motive for motive, the kill. Motive but was it because he was
0: motive was because he was they were leaving.
1: Well, of course, but that's kind of what their what the 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 appeal is saying is that these were hearsay statements. Thus, you can't prove your motive. It, so it can't,
0: it can't link right. It can't yeah. link this to this. There's yeah.
1: there's a break in your in your yep. chain here because right. of that. Right. Wow.
0: So both women were killed when they tried to leave their abusive husband. And Jonah mm. has shared shared these statistics actually just a few days ago at a live recording, and they've, they've come from we, we've shared them. On our show before, and they've come from Domestic Violence Crisis Center in Minot. Every nine seconds in the United States, a woman is assaulted or beaten. One in three women will experience being physically abused by an intimate partner in their lifetime. And what can we do? We can be a good friend, listen, give hugs, reassure them it's not their fault, focus on them and not their sub- abuser, and just support them. You can learn more and seek help by calling the National Demi- Domestic Violence Crisis Hotline, 1 800 7233.
1: Uh, sources for today the people history i want to give just one more quick shout out again to the importance of being able to exhume that body especially learning now had they moved forward without that just trying to prosecute him on Christie's that's murder observation. Yeah. this mfr would have gotten away with this shit yep and holy smokes that is close that is really close to getting away with yeah. it. yeah
0: yeah yeah that's a great observation it's
1: freaking chilling to me mm-hmm. how close he got away to going out there and probably killing a third woman
0: Sources for today, the peoplehistory.com, core documents, and the TV series Exhumed. Remember, you can check out our merch. Uh, for those of you here, name this episode down here in front. Uh, this episode is written by myself, Don Palumbo. Midwest Murder is hosted by Don Palumbo and Joe Alanto and produced by the Good Talk
1: Network. Awesome. Thank you so much, Williston.
0: Thank you.